0: really feeling it
1: i'm really feeling it <laughs> i'm really feeling it not
0: ah! sorry i played too much no, Smash. i
2: mean not enough not smash enough. i'm coming over oh we should uh, well i haven't played yet and there's nothing i could say that you didn't say better you about, never played smash but, no i haven't played <laughs> Xenoblade three featuring
0: samus from I know. super <laughs> nintendo <I know. laughs>
1: yes metroid who can crawl metroid can crawl so well yeah, yeah yeah yes she can speak of dating right. ourselves with me.
2: Hello, and welcome to episode 100 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and today we have a very special episode for you. Um, just a little bit of history here, but uh, back in, in 2012, there was this plan at RPG Fan to start a music podcast, which, you know, if you're listening, you can tell, obviously, took on the name of Rhythm Encounter. And uh, it, two of our biggest music people at the site, which were Steven Meyerink and Derek Hinesbergen uh they, they launched the show and gave us something that as far as i knew like didn't really exist anywhere else is this podcast about rpg music and you know that was a while ago uh, but you know even today there's not a lot of that out there um there's a lot of great music po- video game music podcasts but there's not much that like really specifically covers rpgs so i'm really happy that like this exists and that it's still going and um you know that it wouldn't this show would not exist without Stephen and derek so i'm very very happy to say that both of them are here today in this special episode so uh thank you both for being here so much
1: it is a pleasure mike thank you for having us back on
2: yeah
0: thank you for having us it's it's very interesting that it has been almost 10 years
2: i know I tr- i'm trying not to think about it too much but yeah i mean it's been so long since the three of us got to do this show so this is just Really, really exciting for me personally, and you know, hopefully the people listening, but like it's very important to me, so but yeah. Uh, well, actually, we're I'm gonna link to the first episode in the show notes, but uh, so I'm a little afraid to like mention this date, like looking back because I didn't realize it had been so long. But uh, episode one of Rhythm Encounter debuted February 25th, 2013, so yeah, uh, almost 10 years ago now. Um, item this is generally a regular episode like we are going to talk about music and some other things so I, I don't want to spend too much time reflecting but at the same time that's been a long time like it was a long time ago this show started so uh i'm sure we have plenty of readers and listeners who weren't around back then or weren't listening back then maybe they weren't even or born may not have been then. alive yeah i mean you never know so I, I thought it'd be fun to like just talk about just a little bit like um Like, what made you guys want to make this show? Like, how did you convince people? Like, hey, let's let us do this show. Like, you know, even I don't remember all of it because those forums where we talked about them don't exist anymore. So, uh, you know, hopefully you remember better than I do how that all came together.
1: Oh man, consigned to the ashes of time. its uh, I feel like whatever answer I give is probably going to rewrite history somewhat because as you mentioned it's been so long that uh, I can't even necessarily remember the exact discussions that led to the formation of the show. Um, at the time we had Random Encounter which is our discussion podcast and at some point I think it just organically sprung from that because we thought let's also talk about the music that we love so much in these RPGs and uh i just remember some of the themes of the early episodes like skies of arcadia and dreamcast and like uh, what well, the first episode was called fragile
0: dreamcast right yeah. which is delightfully <laughs> relevant to the moment
1: yeah there's still some um like i remember we did a fantasy star a two-part fantasy star episode and there are still sort of fantasy star lessons i learned during those episodes from stephen that i remember to this day um, but yeah, I, I think the show just sort of sprang organically out of a conversation where we were like, maybe let's talk about the music, too. And that way we can geek out about that additional thing that we care about so much. Um, Steven, do you have any like particular memory of exactly what spawned the show?
0: Yeah, uh, well, all I remember is that everyone said no the first time. Uh, whoever was the editor-in-chief at the time, maybe it was Eric, was like, no, I don't think we have time for that. I'm like, well, we don't have time for any of this, so that doesn't matter. Um, and so I think I just remember being like, no, we should do this. And I think I think I was running a music section at that point, or maybe the first time I tried to, I wasn't. And then the second time I remember being like, no, Derek and I are interested in doing this, so we're just going to do it. And I think eventually we just stopped asking and just did it. <laughs> That, that sounds about right. Uh, and I think Mike's the idea. So we didn't have to worry about not having uh, somebody that could, you know, make graphics and stuff for it. Uh, or in fact, I think you had made graphics for it before we even finished the show because you liked the idea. And then I liked the graphic. Um, but yeah. All I remember is eventually we just said, well, we're going to stop asking. I am no longer asking, uh, even though that meme didn't exist at the time. And
1: uh, <laughs> Again, rewriting history. It's fine.
0: Yeah, and I think for the early episodes, I don't think we had guests. I think it was just Derek and I for the first couple episodes, and then eventually we started having like a rotating third guest. Um, and I know uh, very early on we talked to Casey Ormond. Uh, about we did his, about his new at the time Final Fantasy XII piano album.
1: Yeah, can you can you believe that 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 was new then? I still think about that man. Yeah. We also talked to uh, Ivy Tran of Ivy and Surashu.
0: Yeah, and it was her first interview. She told us then she was nervous and she had never done an interview before and right. now she's you know, super prolific.
1: Yeah, she worked on Steven Universe and uh, has since come out with her own uh, sort of music genre that she's been pioneering with Surashu and some other artists.
0: Yeah, and they have their own label now. That was pretty cool.
1: We got to talk to some cool folks, listen to some cool music. And uh, I suspect we're going to do that exact same thing today.
0: I think so. I remember we talked to Tom from XSEED, or who used to be at XSEED, and that got me my first job in localization, actually. I I think it may have as well. (laughs) Thanks, Rhythm Encounter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because he he came on our show to talk about um, obscure Falcom stuff.
1: Yeah, like dinosaur resurrection
0: yeah, and the title is great, Falcom Foolery, which is just such a great title. Whoever came up with that is great. Yeah, um, we're so smart. <laughs> yeah, and I remember he he had added me on Facebook, and I passed a test in Japan for some company that sucks uh, to translate their <laughs> games. And uh, he saw on my Facebook that I was excited. He said, "Oh, you passed the test. Hey, do you want to take ours? You know, we need you know we have to we need someone to come work on the side quest for this game." And that's how I worked on my first game that didn't suck. Well. The game was fine, but that's how I worked on my first project with people who didn't uh, mistreat me.
2: (laughs) Hold on. I don't think anyone RPG fan mistreated you, though. Like, let's be clear about that.
0: No, but I also didn't take translation tests. Right. And he still does that. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, this is not completely relevant to the show, but I I talked to Rob's class, actually, uh, two days ago uh, about the video game industry. He's teaching a, a summer, or it's summer, it's December, some class on video games. And, uh... It was just like always talking to Rob is, uh, and we, we roasted him a lot in front of his students, and that was fun too. <laughs> and
2: yeah. Well, that sounds pretty fun. I didn't know about that one. I'm just I was just gonna talk about how much I I like the show, even though I didn't make my debut until episode twelve, um, because Stephen was, because Stephen was like, hey, we're gonna do time travel music, and we're gonna have a reference to Back to the Future in the title. So like I I at some point <laughs> I like I had to give in. Yeah. You know that I couldn't say no to.
1: Like I'll be right there. Thank you so much.
2: Mm, yeah so like i wasn't in charge of the show i was like an occasional guest for a while there so it wasn't until like much later when i became managing editor and now editor-in-chief where i was like you know you know you guys you guys were long gone at that point but um the show was kind of off air for a couple years at least and uh yeah it was it was really really important to me because even though it wasn't you know my show i didn't create it like it was so i just felt it was really important to have that it needed to keep existing so In the middle of rebuilding the entire website of RPG Fan and moving it to like this different platform, I was like, I'm going to do Rhythm Encounter 2. Wisely, I did not try to do them at the same time. Um, I was like, this site project needs to finish so we can get back to the podcast. Because, you know, yes, yes, rebuilding the site, you know, took several years and it's a big deal and that's important. But more importantly, is we need to talk about music again. Um, And, you know, thankfully that happened like that fall. I agree. So, So I did want to ask, I mean, you touched on a little bit. If you want to talk about more, you can. But I wanted to talk to you guys, or have you talked to us, rather, about, you know, what you do now. Like, obviously, you know, you're not with the site now. And you guys talked a little bit about how you got started. Like, I didn't realize it was actually, like, that specific episode. I knew RPG Fan in general was, like, kind of a a launching pad for you guys, like, getting into more parts of the industry. But, uh, you know, where did you go from there? And, like, what do you guys do now? And... I know obviously you can only talk about certain things you do but you know tell us a little bit
1: yeah we mentioned the the episode with tom i i can point to that specifically because um my first sort of industry job outside of the journalist sphere was working uh, as a localization editor on fate x stella the umbral star with exceed games and it was a similar situation where i had just had a conversation with tom uh, tom live of x, formerly of exceed and had indicated that I was also interested in working on localization. And he mentioned that they were looking for an editor on a project and then they had me take their editing test and um, I passed it. And everything just went from there. There was a a period of time after FedExStella where I wasn't really doing much localization work, but that is now, I'm very proud to say that's now my full-time job. Um, Since working as a freelance editor with XSEED, I worked on a whole bunch of titles uh, over the past, gosh, it's been like, eight years or so, um, maybe longer. I've gotten to do some really, really cool things as a localization editor. Um, I worked with 8.4 on Dragalia Lost, which rest in peace, it just shut down this last month. Uh, very sad about that, because that game is some, some of my most favorite localization work I've done. Uh, but I got to work on that. Uh, some of the, the trail series, which if you've ever heard me on this show before, you know I'm a huge fan of the Legend of Heroes series, so I got to work on Trails of Cold Steel IV, worked on Sakuna of Rice and Ruins, uh, several Story of Seasons games, Rune Factory games, um, yada yada yada. So I've I've gotten to do a lot of really amazing projects, and uh, I have since moved on to be a full-time in-house localization editor at the Pokémon Company. So I've been working there since earlier this year, and that's now my full-time gig. So uh, suffice it to say that RPG Fan was instrumental in helping me build my career. Um, I really cherish the time that I spent here and will always point to it as like the thing that opened doors for me because if not for RPG Fan I wouldn't have gotten published work out there. I wouldn't have made so many connections in the industry and I wouldn't have met any of the people here at RPG Fan that uh, you know I still have enduring friendships with. Uh, It's truly been an incredible place and Whenever people ask me about how I got started in this industry, I always point to RPG fan and talk about the importance of networking. Um, it's you know the, the environment today for getting into the game industry is much different than it was a decade ago. It's always changing, and it's a really, really hard industry to penetrate. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't try for it if you're interested. But um, if people ask me, like, what do you recommend I do? Uh, for me, the answer was volunteer work, basically, um, for a long time. and just getting in with a place like RPG fan um, so I'm very grateful that I took a gamble on submitting a, an application back when RPG fan was hiring news writers my movement to do reviews and then podcasts and um, yeah so my very uh, short version of my long answer is I since RPG fan I started working in localization and now I'm a full-time
2: editor at the Pokemon company so Life is pretty damn good, I have to say. I am just so happy to hear that. I mean, not that I didn't personally know all of that anyway, but it's just it's hearing it all like condensed into like a couple minutes. Like I'm just I'm really I'm happy that all that worked out so well for you. Like you know, as the person in charge of RPG fan, but just also as your friend, I'm just like really proud and like pleased, and it's just really yeah. good to hear how well things are going for you. So.
1: I appreciate it, Mike. It was it was not an easy road, I'll say that, um, and I am not taking any any of it for granted. Uh, it, it's definitely a dream to be where I'm at. And I know so many people have tried and fought very hard, and I feel I feel like it was just a combination of so many circumstances that led me to this point. So I will always point to RPG fan and say thank you for being the sort of inciting factor there. And I'm glad to be where I'm at, and I'm glad to be surrounded by cool folks like you. Uh, I've actually had the pleasure of working with Steven Uh, in the localization field outside of rpg fan on several occasions and steven is
0: also uh,
1: pretty deep into the field what have you been up to steven
0: what have i been up to well uh i let's see my last year of rpg fan i was living in japan and i was taking i was in a language program and that language program led to me taking the japanese language proficiency test uh, which i passed um which is not actually necessarily that important towards getting a job in localization but it was nice it was nice um and so when i left the site i worked with xseed on uh akiba's beat which was a less cheesecakey version or less cheesecakey turn-based jrpg where akiba's trip was more of a like action rpg where you whack people and their clothes come off and because or something I, I don't remember anyway that's what I worked on. Uh, I worked on the side quest for that, and that sort of led from one thing to the other. Um, and I am still freelancing, uh, but I've been working uh, with 8.4 a lot, uh, the company that is responsible for things like Fire Emblem Awakening, uh, Dragalia Lost. I worked on Dragalia Lost for all of the years of its its life. Uh, the whole main story um, was, uh, was something I translated, and then it was definitely it's it's interesting because Dragalia was the longest job I've ever held. Not because I can't hold a job, but because <laughs> all my pre-college jobs and my college jobs and stuff, you know, they didn't last that many years because I was always moving or always going somewhere else or you know I, I worked at, at Walgreens for a number of years, but you know I left and went to grad school or I left and you know did one thing or the other. Uh, so yeah, Dragalia wrapping up was a was a big thing. Um, I and learned a lot. Man. Yeah, yeah. I learned a lot on that project, uh, and I made a lot of money on that project, which I like even more. Um, not ashamed to admit that. Um, well, let me put this this way. For somebody who has only worked in-house for like a year at a shipping company that I hated and got paid badly at, I made a lot of money at Dragalia. For anybody else, it would not have been a lot of money. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it,
1: pay in the localization industry is not good. Uh, we'll just say that. <laughs> yeah,
0: the pay is LOL. Uh to put it that way, um, which is not as positive as I'd like to come off, because it is work that I wanted to do for a very long time, and I love doing it. Uh, You know, I've worked with, I work on uh, a lot of Square Enix games now. Uh, I worked on the Voice of Cards series, um, which I was very proud of my writing in that, Uh, and if you've played Voice of Cards 3, uh, that I did almost the whole main story for. Not all of it, I worked with some excellent other translators, who I'm not sure want me to say their name, so I won't say it. But if you look it up, it's in the credits, and they are great. Uh, and some of my friends got me involved with that client. Uh, I worked on Ghostwire Tokyo, um, which uh, I was the editor on. That actually, I do I do both translation and writing and editing in the game industry now. I worked with an excellent translator on Ghostwire, uh, Tom James, and one of my favorite projects I've worked on. Uh, it took a long time, uh, but you know I handled the editing on that and. Uh, Let's see what else I worked on fire emblem, three hopes with eight, four, uh, which, uh, with, a, another giant team of great people, mm-hmm. including my wife, uh, which is pretty cool. She was an editor. She got to edit my work. Uh, and I'm working on some stuff now that is definitely the biggest stuff I've ever worked on. And I unfortunately can't talk about what it is yet, but I'm very excited to talk about it when it does come out. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I've just had a, a, I've been very grateful to have a successful freelance career, uh. I've gotten to work on some cool magazine stuff and composer interviews you know all sorts of things that i had always wanted to be able to do um so that that's been very fulfilling and i've i've had the opportunity to work with a lot of really talented writers and people who you know i I, i've worked with people who made the games who helped write the games that were influential to me when i was growing up you know the first time i worked with the editor who worked on Tales of the Abyss, for the exa- for example, that was it was crazy because, I you know, that was a game that I loved so much. Um, and I can't talk about other editors that I've worked with because it might give away projects right now. But point being, uh, I've also gotten to work with Derek on a number of projects, and that's been awesome. You know,
1: I don't want to interrupt you in the middle of it, but to interrupt you in the middle of it, uh, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about how we did a uh, rhythm encounter episode on the fantasy star series and the two of us got to work together on fantasy star online too that was a pretty full circle moment early on in our localization career
0: yeah that's a I, I almost forgot about that yeah we worked on pso2 uh that was you know and it was like yeah we did a we did podcasts about this this is mm-hmm. huge you know so yeah it's just it's been really cool getting to work on a lot of stuff that i loved um you know it, it's i I'm sort of in the the midst of a, a recalibration moment because i've I've worked on so many things like bucket list kind of games that you know it has me kind of now thinking about what is next in my career, uh which isn't to say I don't love what I'm doing and I'm not gonna keep doing it, but it's definitely one of those moments where you're like, wow, I all those things that felt like they were just pie in the sky are now pie in my belly <laughs> so what 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 now um the answer now is I want to make more money. <laughs> so I want, you know, I, I'm, I'm more interested now in learning more about the game industry in terms of um, development. Uh, I've, I've been teaching myself C sharp and Unity and Unreal Engine uh, and, you know, game design and narrative, you know, specific uh, concepts and narrative design. So definitely still kind of grasping for what's next, um, but very happy with everything that's gone on so far and the people I've gotten to work with. You deserve
1: it, man. You're one of the best.
0: You're one of the best. That's why you're at Pokemon. Mike's one of the best. <laughs> Mike and Mike is one of the best. Thank you for keeping the show going, Mike. It's it it takes a lot of time to make this show, so I think everybody who does listen to it, I hope they I'm sure they do, but I hope they appreciate just how much time and effort goes into making this show. Uh you know, one of the reasons I had to leave the site was because I just I mean, on top of working on games that the site was going to cover, which felt like a a bit of a conflict of interest. Uh, I just, you know, the, the time it takes to, you know, do run a freelance career is substantial and yeah. the music, the music show dear as it was to us is just such a time commitment. So I really appreciate that you and everybody at the site who's been keeping it going and coming on the show and talking about music. They love is keeping the dream alive.
2: I mean, it is like, I'm not gonna, it, there's no way I like to avoid that. Like, yes, it's it's a lot of work. Um, Retro Encounter is also a lot of work just because, you know, like recently, you know, they they played through all three Mass Effect games. Like just in terms of time commitment to play all of that and then record about it, like is also a huge commitment. Um yeah. but like for the podcast itself, like Rhythm Encounter is definitely the most involved. And um and I need to I need to at least pause for a second and I need to say, like, you know, when when we brought the show back, like I was editing it myself. Because I edited a little bit before the show kind of went on its hiatus, and like I, I, I know enough how to do it, so like I know firsthand that you know just the way the show was structured with like the different blocks and the music and cutaways and background music, like it's so much more production than the other shows need. Um, so yes, like at, of course you, you couldn't find time for that; it's just, it's just too much. Um, and you know, after we brought the show back, there was another there was another time period where we were we were kind of on break. For the same reason because i just i couldn't i couldn't make the time for it with other things and one of the main reasons that the show you know came back from that break uh is that john logan uh offered to to edit um i don't know why i don't know why he's offering to do this while running and editing random encounter but if i didn't have him editing this I, we could not be doing this show every two weeks so um my hat is absolutely off to you too jono so Thank you. So it's just it's this big group effort that makes this happen every time, and I'm so happy that we can still do it. So, all right, well that's our show, everyone.
0: That's the show. Bye,
2: everybody. (laughs)
1: Yeah, thanks for listening to us wax nostalgic and stroke each other's egos.
2: Yeah, exactly. So there's going to be some there's like nine songs after this. So just go and listen to those, and they're all good. That's (laughs) enough. We don't need to talk about it.
1: That's it. That's my commentary. The songs, they're good.
2: All right, but no, like let's let's talk about some music. Like I, I appreciate you guys sharing all that. Like it's. Again, like for me, like I know a lot of that. I didn't know, even I didn't know all of it. But I'm sure people listening, I, I'm have to imagine that's fascinating because like it's just cool the stuff you guys have worked on. Um, and I know, like you know, Stephen, you have a bunch of stuff listed on your website. Like, like you, you only touch on some of the stuff. Like what you've worked on has been awesome. So I don't know. It's it definitely gives me this like sense of pride. Like, look, sometimes. You know, not to get too far into it, but like sometimes I I sit here and look at all the time I spend on RPG fan and how much work it takes to keep this going. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, is it worth it? Because like this is so much. I'm like, are people getting anything out of this? But then I remember, you know, we get feedback from listeners and people commenting, and then I think about you know, people like you guys and Kim and like a bunch of other people that have gone on from this into other things. I'm like, all right, there is something here. There is a value here. So I gotta, yeah. sometimes I have to remind myself.
0: Totally. Also, I think as long as one person is enjoying the content you're putting out, even one person, uh, I think it can be worthwhile to do that thing because we don't always have to do, you know, get a, a material or a, even immaterial benefit from the things that we're passionate about
2: yeah i mean it's not even that it's just the the podcasting is so weird like you know all of us like i talk about it celosi talks about it it's like you know we know like we can see our our statistics like we know there are people listening but you always wonder it's like how many people are listening it's like as long as someone's getting something out of it um you know every once in a while you get feedback though just like just to confirm it's like okay yes this this is People are enjoying this, so like that is that is nice to hear. Yeah, right on. All right, so let's give people some some music to enjoy. Then, on that note, huh? Let's yeah let's do it. Uh, so, because this is a special episode, we instead of having everyone pick two songs, uh, we each pick three today. Because you know, it's it's episode one hundred. It's a big deal. It's our first triple digit episode, so uh, we went a little bit bigger on the songs today.
0: Triple digit? Triple. I don't know why I said that, you know me.
2: <laughs> I
0: Have you um, had coffee? You haven't. Well, I've
1: had decaf. So okay. Yeah, I'm presently idea. having coffee, baby.
2: Yeah, me too. Um yeah, so each we're just we're going to do three blocks of songs and then three songs each. So uh each of us has a song in each section here. So Our first block today, uh, we're starting off with you, Stephen. What's our first song today?
0: Ah, okay, cool. I'm going to mispronounce this. But anyways, this is from uh, the Chained Echoes soundtrack, which just came out literally a few days before we recorded this. Uh, The track is "Fon Sapiente, which I probably mispronounced, uh, by Eddie Marianne Crow. And I actually have only played a little bit of this game so far, but if you've been on Twitter or any online source at the moment, a lot of people are giving this game a lot of attention for being a sort of very stylish modernized classic jrpg uh it you know it has the sort of trappings of an snes era jrpg you know your final fantasy 6 your tr- chrono trigger um comparisons that the creator himself has actually made and you know i was just really struck because i didn't have the time to play the game so i instead listened to the soundtrack several times the other day when i was working and it's a brilliant soundtrack there's there's shades of Xenogears in there, which I, I, I can't, I won't spoil the name of the track because I actually think that would be uh, a spoiler, but there's a track that sounds just like uh, some gear stuff. There's, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much before we listen to it because I have some comments and I actually talked to the composer and got some comments on the track that we're going to listen to, uh, which I would, will be excited to share afterwards.
2: Yeah, that one, that one caught me by surprise too, because I've been, I've been looking forward to the game, but uh, I listened to. Some of the songs came out right before the game. There was a little video, and uh, I've been keeping my eye on it, or I guess my ear on it, but uh, it's, it's very good. I'm excited to get into that. Um, so after that one, um, I have a song from Ghost Song, uh, which is something that, <laughs> speaking of games, we've been looking forward to for a very long time. Uh, I think Rob, Rob and I were talking about that like six or seven years ago. Um, but that actually came out this year. So that's that's pretty exciting, too. So we're going to listen to Little Blue from Ghost Song. And then after that, we have your first song. Well, Songs, Derek. Yes,
1: Songs. So you'll already find I'm a bit of a mold breaker here. Okay, I'm shaking things up. I've picked not one song for my first song, but two songs for my first song. How does that work? Um, this Pikachu is, is making Derek wild. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. I'm all electrified with uh, authority uh so i've got two songs here they're essentially two halves of the same whole you're gonna find that my theme today is battle themes because i just feel feisty i guess so i'm gonna play for you first skirmish and open the shard both from the legend of heroes kuro no kiseki which is the <laughs> the time of recording second newest legend of heroes game in japan uh starring van arkride and his motley crew of people from the uh calvardian republics anyway um we've got kind of like a lower tempo battle theme and then the uh crap gets real version of that same battle theme coming up for you
2: awesome all right let's go take a listen and uh we'll come back with some commentary after
0: Yeah. So, first of all, uh, listening through the Chain Echo soundtrack, I mentioned that there's just lot. There's this amazing soundscape that I really love. Where sometimes I, and I don't necessarily think this is inherently a bad thing. Sometimes I feel that these uh, throwback retro RPGs, sometimes the music can be so throwback that it fails to sort of establish itself as its own thing mm-hmm. and give it something other than hey, this sounds kind of like something you heard on Sega Genesis, or this sounds like something you heard on Super NES. Um, And again, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. In fact, I've known soundtracks in the past that I've loved that have done that. But what I love about Chained Echo's soundtrack, and so far the game, is that even though it's, 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 it's trying to press on the parts of your brain that have that nostalgia, it's definitely not trying to have that be its entire identity. And that's what I've loved about this soundtrack, is that every track I've heard has this... Really crazy soundscape that I love. The the final boss theme in particular. Again, I'm not going to say what it's called because I don't want to spoil anybody. Um, but it just has so so much complexity, and there's these memorable themes that just when you're playing it, I'm like, it it you know it, it doesn't have that sort of you know when you hear a really modern sounding soundtrack and then you look at retro graphics and you're like, there's something there's a disconnect here that's making me feel displaced. Mm-hmm. Chain Echoes doesn't have that. And I think it's partially because of this just brilliant soundtrack.
1: Yeah, the so the inspirations for this track feel pretty apparent to me. I definitely get Yasunori Mitsuda, and it kind of reminds me of like the choral tracks that are really prevalent in Xenoblade 2 in particular. Um, I know that this developer, uh, the developer expressed that he was inspired by Xenogears. The composer is a different person, but I have to imagine that they were at least on the same page for their inspirations partially um but i get like i definitely get a Mitsuda vibe mixed with maybe like um something evocative of andrew reverse's work on tangle deep uh, oh
2: yes yes
1: there's i just sort of get like a uh, gosh i don't even know what what adjectives i need to use here to describe that i, I hate to always just say like it reminds me of x game but um the influences are apparent but like you said steven it doesn't have that displacing effect of making me feel like I'm looking at a art RPG that has this, like, sweeping orchestral score that just doesn't seem to gel. Um, I, the thing for me that stood out the most in this track as original was there's, like, a modulated effect on the choir at about 2 minutes 20 seconds in. I thought that was really neat, unique and really cool and made that track stand out from the games that it was obviously inspired by.
0: That's a really great point uh and that actually segues into uh something i wanted to say about it which is that i actually talked to eddie about this song a little bit because i told him that i was going to pick the song and that i really uh loved the soundtrack oh and so he you was... just
1: know him you just know <laughs> the guy
0: <laughs> no 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 we're, we're 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 mutuals on twitter and we followed each other for a while okay <laughs> we're fans of each other's work um not like i don't i don't know the guy uh but he he was nice enough to give me some comments about this track and he had told me that um in particular on the soundtrack there are three songs that he has found particular personal meaning in which isn't to say that they're not still imbued with the flavor and character of the game world uh but that they have this sort of additional meaning to him and this is one of them and forgive me this is going to be you know i think this is a, a little bit uh of a of a sad story but also a very moving uh sort of tale about how art can help you cope but uh The song to him represents the acceptance of the inevitable, Um, and again I don't want to comment on his own personal emotional state, but his grandmother was in failing health when he was writing this song and he had to come to accept that she was going to pass soon, and so uh, the song starts out kind of serious and then it, it, it sort of bleeds into that boy's choir that follows through most of the track, and he saw the choir as this, the the chant the sort of repeated chanting as this realization of what is what is to come slowly becoming evident. And as the instrumentation evolves, as that phrase is repeated throughout the song and like you mentioned, Derek, at like around 220, um, he actually saw that it's sort of a struggling to accept that realization even though you know you're going to have to. Like, you know that something inevitable is coming and you can't... And, and you know that you are going to have to accept it. It's not a question of if, but when. And so the ending part of the song sort of calls to mind acceptance for him, and that's some of the effects like the automated filter, the tremolo effect, the heavy reverb that sort of starts to take over the choir while that bell comes in. He wanted it to sound like a voice fading into nothing, and that, that's the end of, of, of what he had told me. But I really found that that striking because that is sort of the impression that I got as I listened, and I think that, that sort of emotionality was conveyed to me without even knowing the story initial, initially. Um, and just that end part, I really love the end part of the song as it sort of fades out. And that's, that goes back into my comment where I said that these songs feel like they are eliciting, eliciting the same sort of emotions as the, the game world itself. And again, I haven't heard this track in the game yet, so I don't want to comment too much on that without, you know, I, I don't know precisely what that is, but that it's sort of a more, a broader comment I have about the whole soundtrack. Um, and then my much less, uh, quote-unquote informed comment is it also kind of reminds me of zeal from groner trigger
1: (laughs) okay i was gonna say that to start but i decided not to i'm glad you did
0: (laughs) it it totally does it has that same sort of floating just mm, amazing amazing vibe i'm going to just fall into the words that my brain says it's amazing and great and i love this track and everyone should go buy the soundtrack is
1: good song and the game itself seems pretty solid too um i've only played like two hours of it but uh Aside from not being able to turn off my editor's eye and wanting to fix the script, <laughs> um, <laughs> the game itself seems really solid.
0: I know, it's it's so hard to play anything now where, like, again, I, this is not, I, I, and I'm sure you didn't mean it this way either, this is not to impugn the work of particularly a single person writing a game, um, because it's hard, making a game is impossibly hard, and you know, when we say things like, I'm reading it and I'm like, oh, I really wanted to edit that line, it's not because the line is bad. It's just because that's like that's literally what I do all day long. So every yeah. line I see, I'm like, how could I rewrite that?
1: Occupational hazard. Like I can't, I cannot stop my brain from going into that mode when I read anything. I just, that's where I go.
0: I mean, even even with like people who are this is I won't get off topic too long here. Even with people who are like my personal professional writing heroes, sometimes I'm like, mm, I wouldn't have written it like that, and then I'm like, how dare I? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yes. Point being. I think Eddie did a phenomenal job on the soundtrack, and I was so happy that it came out in time for me to do it on this podcast.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I'm pretty sure our, I don't want to say too much about it since it's not done yet, but I think by the time this goes up, our review will be done. And the person we have reviewing it is very, very, like, she keeps talking in Slack about like, oh, well, this is great and this is great. So I'm expecting the review of the game to be really positive, too. So. Right on. Yeah.
0: I'm, and I, and I, I I cheated and peeked at your Music of the Year picks, and somebody also picked another track from Chained Echoes. I think it might have been you. It was me, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was you. So uh, stay tuned for things that have already happened by the time you hear this.
2: <laughs> yeah, so this will be our second song from this game already on the show, but uh, I'm glad there's another one because there's, what, 50, 50 tracks or something? I mean, there's there's a lot here worth listening to. Yes. Um, I'm really glad you, like, you reached out and got that story because on the – On the bandcamp page for the album he i sometimes i just go and read the little like the notes and the special things but he has this whole list of like people he thanked and all that he mentioned a little bit about his grandma like he mentioned that she passed during this but i didn't know it was like this particular song related to that so that's like just gave me a whole different uh respect and perspective on the song so that was really interesting
0: yeah and again um i think he's probably going to listen to this i just wanted to say thanks to eddie again for being nice enough to write such detailed comments to a random person like me uh, so I could talk about your song
2: yeah I mean definitely like thank you from all of us um, you you touched on a bunch of things I was going to mention like I don't want to I want to repeat or echo too much what you were saying but uh, you know I I got the same thing you guys did a little bit where I like that there, there is like it's somewhere between a 16bits and PlayStation style because I guess the idea with the game was that the game is meant to Visually, be like a 16-bit game, but the music was meant to be like PlayStation-era inspired, and um, like I got that from the song anyway, or from the soundtrack anyway. Before I even read that, where it's like there is some like 16-bit feel there, but like you said, it's its own identity. But then the the vocals and the choir and stuff like that, like things that you really couldn't have done as well anyway on on the Super Nintendo. Um, so I like it. I like that it harkens back to like two eras. But still manages to be its its own thing. It's it's very very interesting. Agreed. Yeah. So uh, yeah, listen to the soundtrack. Uh, Eddie, if you're listening to this and want to come on the show, you know, uh, uh, let me know. That could be a fun chat in the future. Little blue, little blue. Um, yeah. So ghost song, ghost song has been a game. I don't. I, I wish I'd looked it up before now. But boy, that game was in development for a very very long time. Uh, back when I was coming up with um, like concept. Concept designs for redoing RPG fan in like I don't know 2018 or something, or maybe even before that. Might have been before that. Um, you know, I just put placeholder art and I kept putting Ghost Song in there because that's when we were talking about it and I, Rob, Rob and I talked about it a lot. And she's like, you know, this game one of these days will come out and it, it definitely took a while, but uh, from what I'm seeing, like it was it was worth the wait. It's a uh, you know this really really cool atmospheric like alien. Um, world it, it's a metroidvania but it has way more from what i've seen like way more rpg elements than i thought because like we you know rpg fan will cover metroidvanias but only if they f- fall more towards the castlevania symphony of the night style game and uh you know it has stats and equipment and the combat's interesting but just what really does it for me outside of all of the gameplay and what i've experienced playing the demo is just that the world and the atmosphere is just so like creepy and haunting and beautiful And, um, when I started listening to the music, I'm like, this, like, it captures that perfectly. Um, so, uh, it, the tricky thing for me for this episode was, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, but like last year for music of the year, I brought on a song from, uh, Moonglow Bay, um, by Lena, is it Lena Rain?
1: Uh, I, Lena Rain?
2: Is it Lena? I'm not sure if it's Lena or Oh, shoot. Well, no, I'm, yeah, not winning any fans here. Anyway, but they're... The music for that game is really good um i know when the game first came out like it had some bugs and i'm hoping it's been fixed up by then or by now but uh in any case it's it's one of those really interesting like atmospheric soundtracks and i struggled so much to find like a single song because my recommendation in the end was basically listen to the whole album and that's yeah. that's kind of the case here too where like i love this song and i think this song does do a lot of things that Will give you a sense of like why I like the album in general, but it's so it's so cohesive, and just the atmosphere and the world and everything it presents. It's just it's hard to get that out of one song. So like, of course, listen to all of it. But uh, this little blue, I think, really does showcase a lot of things that I like about it. I was looking at the Bandcamp page, and I was like, you know, there's a comment on Bandcamp that really, like, summarizes this. Then I saw it was by Pat, uh, who, of course, reviewed the soundtrack <laughs> and, and game Not for really? us. I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is. That's the comment. And he talks okay. about how it's, like, it, it, it actually does this thing where it's, like, it's powerful, but also chill at the same time, just the way it does. Uh, he does instrumentation here. So it, yeah, it's really interesting to me.
1: I would describe this song as comfortably melancholy. Yeah, it it makes me feel like I'm looking at the stars on a summer night, just laying down, drinking in the darkness with the the dots of light. Um, I'd feel the the width of the universe unfolding before me, but I don't feel afraid when I hear it. It's comfortable.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Again, I just love that you mentioned the stars because you keep saying things that segue into what I want to comment on too. Really well, <laughs> right on. In that. Uh, I got, a, and this is, again, I, I hate to always use relativism when I describe these things, but the track really reminded me of something I would hear in Endless Space or No Man's Sky. Both games full of stars. Um, and the sort of quiet piano in it, um, I don't have the musical vocabulary to describe what's happening with the piano, but that sort of distorted piano uh, just has such an evocative and calming effect that I love that is also what I really liked about some of the night themes in Breath of the Wild. Uh, Breath of the Wild's mm-hmm. night themes weren't quite as distorted in terms of what's happening to the piano sounds, but putting me in a similar s- headspace.
2: Yeah, they're very ending. minimal.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because it, it's it's minimal, but the effect is maximal. Yes. Which yes. is, you know, and nice. I think, obviously, I think I think probably composers could say better than I why that is the case, <laughs> but I think sometimes when you have that minimalism, it's 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 not dividing your focus up amongst different parts of a song which when they come together can give you a really strong effect in more complicated songs but in a simpler song or a song that is not doing as much in a given second of music your focus is sort of drawn to the the few sounds you are hearing
2: the the liner notes describe uh, some of the things i'm not gonna read all of them but like as like a warm felt piano broken test equipment and like just really like strange things i'm like okay i get that like that actually really does strangely describe like what we're listening to here um yeah well i'm glad you guys liked it um i definitely recommend you know you can listen on Bandcamp, and i think actually the i think the composer even has the entire soundtrack up on youtube just for free which you know it's very nice Um, about that yeah like i definitely recommend listening to the whole thing um there's also and i'm gonna link our our review here in the show notes but because pat linked this in the review but along with the soundtrack they also released a lo-fi remix a lo-fi of this uh it's like a half hour video like just of a bunch of different songs in like a lo-fi style as well which is also a really cool listen
0: aka what i translate every video game to lo-fi albums
2: exactly you yeah. know well i don't have a good segue for going from lo-fi to uh Falcom. so To hi-fi! Can... <laughs> this
0: is our, we're fighting now, Mike. We're fighting, Mike, and this is our first skirmish.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I chose these tracks because uh, I'm a sucker for dynamic music in games. I I love it when music changes while you're listening based on the situation. Um, the first time I remember experiencing such a thing was in the original Nier, when Song of the Ancients is playing in the, the, t- the town, the main town that you live in. Um, you hear the instrumental version of Song of the Ancients and then as you get closer to the town square, you hear... Oh God, I can never remember... Devola? Opola, Whichever of yeah. <laughs> two sisters is singing. Um, she's playing the song on her guitar and as you approach her, you can hear her vocals. So, Yeah, it's um, a very cool effect. Yeah, so this is an example of that. Um, this plays in Kuro no Kiseki when you're uh, fighting. just It's the regular battle theme. Um, this game has a hybrid battle system where it actually starts out as an action-based battle system and you can like dodge roll and you know sling out your attacks by pressing buttons quickly which is totally different for the trail series and then after you've landed some attacks or re- whenever you want but the idea is um you land some attacks and then you press a button to open the shard which is the name of the second track um, and this turns it from an action-based combat system into a turn-based battle system uh and You're basically like building up attacks uh, or sort of like building up a resource. I forget exactly how it works and once you're in the turn-based system what you did during the action-based system Will help your attacks do some more damage and you can switch back and forth um, as you need to So I really like that this song The reason why I played both of them is because they change Dynamically from one to the other based on whether you're you're in the action-based system or the turn-based system Um, I like this song slash pair of songs because I think this is a lower stakes feeling battle theme for the Trails series after the Cold Steel arc just sort of kept building the intensity higher and higher for four games, I guess five if you count um, Trails into Reverie. It just felt like the, you know, the everything was getting more epic, more extreme, bigger, bigger all the time. And uh, First skirmish and Open the Shard feel like a little bit of a soft reset, like this is a new arc in the series there are new characters it's a new place like let's scale things back just a little bit so while i don't think these are the most like amazing bombastic battle themes of all time or anything i like what they represent and i really like the way that they function in game switching from one to the other
0: it's funny that you mentioned that uh that that's what you liked about them because that's a uh, something i observed about both tracks too um there's like a bouncy vibe to them that reminds me of 90s anime which i think is something that happens with a lot of falcom music uh i think it's clear there's a lot of inspiration happening there um and having been playing trails uh trails from zero recently it even that you know i know that that is technically its own new continuity as well or at least it's new you know a new set of characters Mm -hmm. even that actually had a little bit of melodrama to some of the tracks which i liked um but the bounciness of this really called of these two tracks really called me back to like Wild Arms 1 and Wild Arms 2, or, like, in particular Open the Shard, there was a very, like, Noriyuki Iwadare, uh, Grandia 2 sort of flavor to it. Oh, yeah. Um, that just, you know, it's it's hard not to just think about those big bubbly eyes of 90s anime and just get into that spirit when you hear tracks like this, which is funny because it has very modern anime art style. But I think the, uh, the music really brought me back to kind of an earlier time in... Uh, anime and jrpg music.
1: yeah, it's it's upbeat and and I would say that these songs don't like take themselves super seriously. It's not like some battle themes where it's like this is a clash between light and dark, life and death. These are just like, all right, we're going through the sewers, killing some rats, and it's like, you know, it's anime
0: <laughs> right. we're ha- we're hanging out with our friends power of friendship, right? Yeah, not yeah. not the not the stuff that comes after where it's power of friendship versus the annihilation of the universe and yeah of that'll happen later or something yeah I'm this sure is falcom so they'll they'll get there i'm sure right <laughs>
2: i'm i'm really glad you brought something from this because i i definitely i cannot keep up with some of the falcom soundtracks but when we were voting on our music of the year for the site i was like going through the list and i figured like well i better i should like catch up on some of these like check out some of the soundtracks this year that i i missed and haven't listened to which is also by the way where my next track uh, came from so I was listening to the soundtrack on this one and like you know I came across this but like so many of the songs in this I think is um, it's good uh, That's all that's all I have is good. Um, no like I was really impressed by it because I think I'm for me like certain some trails games I'm, I'm like hit or miss that work for me anyway in terms of music mm-hmm. but uh, I was I was really pleased with everything I heard for this one like I didn't listen to everything yet but there's a lot of lot of great music in this one And what song is that? What song is what? The one you're talking about right now? Oh, the Yours? ones in Trails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah in yeah, Trails. Okay. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not segueing to mine already. Like, I was just saying, like, I, I was thought listening... you were,
1: my bad, my bad.
2: Oh, no, no, no. Um, I'm just saying, like, that's also how I came across my next song um, while, well, like, doing research gotcha. for Music of the Year. I was like, okay, well, let me check about, check this one out too. So, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really add much besides what you said here either, but uh, I, I like that you brought this on, even though you technically cheated bringing two songs. Uh, I understand why you did, so. You know i'll allow it this time i'm a born rebel what can i say <laughs> um i'm a
0: loner Doughty, a rebel
2: hopefully we get like i'm sure at some point we will get this game localized but i you know i know they're really busy localizing some other games that you know people have been waiting on for like you know a decade so uh, <laughs> I, I, I imagine it'll happen at some point and i know they're doing a lot of work now so uh, you know, no shade there.
1: I'm confident it'll come out here eventually. I say that without insider information. I'm just, I'm confident it'll come out in English. Yeah. Likewise.
2: Yeah. Well, both of them. There's, cause there's two, and I'm not sure if they're just right. gonna be a three. Could third have one, one and
1: two. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. So,
2: yeah. No, I mean, a great one. Uh, this is actually another one. Like, I'm, I'm surprised. Like, some publishers are good about this and some are, uh, square. Uh, but I'm surprised that you can. <laughs> pretty easily find this one on YouTube. So like you can, you can at least check it out before you, before you buy. And
1: yeah, Falcom is a rare company that actually puts all of their music out onto English platforms as well. Like you can buy whenever a Falcom soundtrack comes out, you can buy it on like American iTunes, the day of um, release, which I always appreciate because as, as somebody who, <laughs> primarily consumes um, Japanese video game music. That can get pricey. Yes. It
0: sure can, especially uh, if you like Square Enix music.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't know th- I mean. i have figured out that we'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. I knew their stuff was available here. I didn't actually realize it was day one, so that's, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, they have uh, a lot, if not all of it, on Apple Music as well. So if you have a sub, and Spotify. So if you have a sub, you can just listen to it. It's just there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, well since I've now referenced my next game twice, maybe we should uh, maybe we can go on to block two huh Let's do it. So it's I unfortunately to talk about Bubsy. I unfortunately don't know the official name of this because it's listed as one thing on YouTube and the tracklist on VGMdB is completely different so I don't even know which one it is. Uh, according to YouTube, this is Scalcaps theme. Sure. Um, this is from the uh, Atelier Online online game the mobile Atelier game that was born and died in less than a year, uh, and then the r- soundtrack came out after.
0: <laughs> that's, uh, that's a that's the sad fate of quite a few online JRPG spin-offs these days. It
2: definitely is, but uh, I it's another one I'm like, ah, you know, I, I haven't heard that one yet. I, I'm used to, I know this series music, uh, although this is very different from what I was expecting. So I'm I'm excited to talk about this one.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's composed by Ace. It too, is Ace. Is exciting.
2: Un- very, also unexpected. So Ace, but not Ace Plus? Not Ace Plus. <laughs> All right, um, okay. So Skullcaps theme, or whatever this one's actually called, but that's what I'm playing. Um, and then, after that, we're going to another mobile game. Uh, this one is from you, Derek.
1: Yeah, another game that has uh, <laughs> died, was born and died, yeah. and then its soundtrack came out. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I am playing you a track from the uh, Gone Too Soon, but not really because the game was actually pretty rough. Uh, Tales of Luminaria, original soundtrack. This is Battle One. Wow, what a name. By composer Go Sheena. And uh, this game, or rather this track, I think showcases some of the potential that was inherent in Tales of Luminaria that was just bogged down by an incredibly unfortunate interface and gameplay sort of loop. Um, but man, this song goes hard, and I hope you enjoy it. Stephen, what did you bring?
0: What did I bring? Ah, so surprising probably to some people, considering how much I've complained about this series, I brought a track from Yakuza Like a Dragon. This is uh, the boss theme triplet after triplet. And I have many things to say about it that I will mostly say after the fact, but it is a a near final boss theme. And I think it is representative of all of the best qualities of Like a Dragon soundtrack.
1: You know, fun fact, Steven, you know why they call the main character of this game Ichiban?
0: Is it because he's number one? Because
1: he's number one in my heart, baby. Let's listen.
0: <laughs> You're number one in my heart. Thanks, Stephen. You too.
1: They... And also Mike was there.
2: <laughs> Good. I enjoy being number two. Thank you. Uh, all right.
1: <laughs> number two
0: tends to last longer than number one. You're both my number ones. Okay, let's listen to the music and go. Well, now that I have gotten scatological, it's time to listen. <laughs>
2: So I generally like all of the Atelier games music to one degree or another. Um, not that they're entirely like breezy and chill, but like that is a that is a common component amongst like you know parts of the albums. At least a lot of the standouts for me. Um, and you know I think the composers deliver like really qu- quality work, especially given how many of those games we get now. I mean I'm not sure if we're quite at the annual schedule, but if not, it's pretty close. Um, so, but you know, even though I, I generally try to follow that as much as I can, um, I was not aware uh, that Atelier Online, which, as we mentioned, like was introduced and went away, I think earlier this year, I think March. I think the game shut down in March and then a little bit later, the soundtrack came out, um, had music by Ace, um, which I just I had no idea. Um, so I started listening to this and I'm like, you know, this is this is really good, but it's a very different sound than I was expecting. Um, and I have no idea how many people even, even know about it, given how short lived the game was, but, uh, uh, this one's just really like the soundtrack overall features like, uh, an Irish harp and fiddles and violins and Irish flute. So I was like, I was listening. I'm like, this is like an Irish kind of thing. Right. And like, yes, it's literally an Irish harp. I don't know what's different about an Irish harp versus other harps, but I, at least I was attuned enough to know, uh, that it had that sound. And, um, it's just so much fun. I mean, there's so many, there's this, I was down between like this and like two or three other tracks. It just, it's just great. Um, Again, like I keep saying, like I, I recommend listening to all of it, but uh, really just a really fun, like Irish Celtic kind of energy going on here. So I had to bring it on.
1: Yeah. That's very typical of Atelier. It's like doing a jig on your enemy's grave. <laughs> and then you make a cool
0: little, and then you make a nice little potion to speed yourself up. Yeah. Or a pie. Yeah, we. It's funny we uh, we mentioned Xenoblade Xenoblade Two vibes earlier. I I get a lot of Xenoblade Two flavor from this actually, like as a sort of folksy uh, tone to it. That you know, I, I I don't know who else was involved with the soundtrack. I didn't have a chance to look that up. Um, but Ace being Ace's Ace's Chico and Tomori Kudo. Um, and I, I in my brain, it's funny. I was i I'm, I'm going to talk about crediting a little bit, but. It's funny because in my brain, I'm always like, oh, yeah, Mitsuda and Miriam are the ones who are adding that Celtic flavor. But it's not always the case, right? Unless they're involved in this, too, which case maybe they are. I don't know. But uh, the just ace. By yeah, the way. I like this track. Yeah, this is ace. This is not ace plus. No, is no. I mean, like, I mean, the whole, the whole
2: so album better. is listed like ace. Oh, is oh, composer I see, is I see. listed for the whole album. Yeah.
0: Oh, cool. Which is also wild if you think about it, because the <laughs> ace is so prolific because you know they'll they'll do these Xenoblade soundtracks and you know I don't have personal experience writing music but I've talked to composers about how long that can take and I'm like they have you know there's been a Xenoblade coming every in mean, every couple of years right now so for them to be pumping out the amount of music that they're doing on Xenoblade in addition to other projects is wild i mean it could be that this stuff was written long before that uh, given the the game's particular rise and fall but I just think it's so... On top of being a great song on its own, it just makes me think of how impressive it is the amount of music and like musical ideas that these artists can have in a relatively short amount of time.
1: All I'd really add to my commentary of this track is uh, it, it has the elements that I think are quintessentially Atelier, which are feeling upbeat, but still rustic and kind of pastoral. Uh, I think Atelier games tend to have uh, kind of a country vibe and when I say country I don't mean like American country music like Garth Brooks I just mean like I think of the like sort of the Japanese boonies um, when I think of Atelier or, or maybe even the French countryside a lot of the time and I think this song embodies that
0: baguette and fields if you will as a vibe
3: yeah
2: <laughs> All right, I like that much better than the other kind of country so thank you for clarifying <laughs> for me at
1: least it is yeah
2: yeah yeah all right Yeah, when I listened to I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm not really going to, I'm probably not going to play this game just for the music. But I figured, like, I I literally, I just opened the app store. I'm like, yeah, I'll just check it out. And then, of course, I'm like, oh, it's not there. (laughs) Yeah, you're not
0: going to play
1: the (laughs) game. They were like, actually,
2: you will not. (laughs) You will not. Just listen to it. You will not
1: be hearing this in context. Yeah. Get on YouTube. Well, that's basically what you have to do for my second pick of the day. Battle Zero One from Tales of Luminaria. You can also get this soundtrack, I believe I have it on Apple Music, so I think it's on streaming services as well. Um, Man, this song makes a fire rise in my breast, you know? Sword in hand, I'm ready to fight. This song goes incredibly hard, I think, for just a regular ass battle theme in a now-defunct mobile game. (laughs) Uh, Glad that this was composed by GoShina. I have been not quiet, loud, in fact, uh, about my feelings for... um, The Tales series music by Motoi Sakuraba. I'm being a little hyperbolic, but I think that Motoi Sakuraba is uh, a very boring composer these days. I think that Sakuraba has put out some great tracks, but I think Sakuraba's heyday has passed and that we are generally getting the same music over and over repackaged for more modern, modern Tales games. Whereas I think every time they let Goshina take the reins, it is way more dynamic and interesting than anything Sakuraba's doing. Sorry, not sorry. So I'm glad that Goshina had the chance to score this. It's just a shame that the game is now uh, in the App Store recycle bin.
0: It's, it's interesting, too, because I, I generally agree that I feel Goshina is the future of the Tales series music um, and of many soundtracks that Goshina has been involved with. Um, just a wonderful composer. And uh, I actually like this better than the battle theme from Tales, the main battle theme from Tales of Arise. Uh, you know, I think that game is trying to do something a little different. It was, It was definitely trying to... Sort of step out of the mold that the series had been in in terms of its 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 tone and its musical stylings, uh, to some extent. But as a result, I actually felt like the main battle theme of Tales of Arise was kind of weak, and it, it, I, I I kind of can't even remem- remember it. And I had heard this track before, and this is such a awesome battle theme. And it's you know it, again, I don't think Goshina's work on Arise was bad by any means, but it's such a shame that you have this incredible battle theme here that no one's going to hear anymore unless they dig it up on YouTube, and I mean that's, to be honest, that's kind of a, a critique you could level at all of the the Tales mobile games because they are just steamrolling through them, and I can't comment on on that too much. But I've worked on a few of them, and it's 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 amazing to see these flash this flash in the pan of. Wow, this game came out, and I worked on it, and it has cool music, and it's gone. Yeah, and then I mean, six months later, there's another one, and then, you know, it, it's 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 a, such a shame to see all this great music like this track, just relegated to, you know, YouTube, and like, thankfully, it's at least like you, I think you said it's on Apple Music. Thankfully, it's there so that you know, people can appreciate it, and you know, the the, the people who made it. Well, this is very optimistic of me to say. <laughs> The company who owns it can make money off of it, uh, but yeah, it's it's just such a shame to hear like incredible music from a composer like Goshina, who I think has been getting more more notoriety on the Tales series of of late, uh, just sort of gone.
2: Yeah. And the other thing, like you know, with, with those games like being just churned out and like shut down so much, is like even though you can still get the music, which is a plus um you know a lot of people want to hear the music in context and like see how it plays in the game and you just you don't have that option yep so it is a shame but hey i mean at the very least i'm glad we can still listen to it so um what what it what's the current tales game like i even lost track what's the current tales mobile game
0: uh it's gone now
2: oh okay there There isn't oh it
1: was i mean it was luminaria i guess there's tales of the rays is that still going in japan
0: Raze is going in Japan. Uh, it ended um, It ended service in the U.S. Uh, I worked on that one. And uh, yeah, I believe it's still going in Japan. Uh, I haven't actually kept up with it. And then Cristoria came out after Raze. Did Luminary come out after Cristoria?
2: <laughs> it did. See, it's confusing. It
0: oh my gosh. Yeah. I, and you know, it, my my setting my professional opinion aside from here, I'm like, I don't know that it's a great idea to release and kill games at that speed when you're trying to get people to invest in them
1: yeah where's the incentive like where's where's the security of being like oh i'm i'm really interested in this world i want to spend money to to you know get a cool party lineup or whatever like i I don't know there's just no reason to spend money if you know that the game is going to just be deleted from the universe yeah also it sucks to get invested in a story like i don't want to start a storyline and then have it just pulled out from under me and then never be able to see the resolution which is why I'm glad that Tales of Crestoria is at least getting a manga
0: to finish its story off, but that oh, feels like cool. a
1: band-aid to me.
0: Yeah, well, at least it, you know it's it's not nothing. But I think while I am still sad that Dragalia got sunset, Dragalia at least they went all out for that finale.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. I'm so so happy with how it turned out.
0: Yeah, like even not as a person who worked on it, as somebody as, as somebody who just appreciates how many fans that game had. Uh, It's just great to see that, like, they were like, oh, we're going to at least send everybody off with, you know, we're going to finish the story and, like, reward people who have been here for all those years.
2: Yeah, I'm glad they did that, too. Yeah, I'm I'm
1: no longer associated with Dragalia, and I I wasn't even, I had left the project shortly before the uh, ending stuff came about, but I'm still crossing my fingers that there is some kind of, I don't know, follow-up or way to preserve this game, like, There's just so much writing in that game that we worked so hard on that is going to disappear into, or rather has disappeared into nothingness, with the only preservation being people like archiving it on wikis. Um, I just feel that game deserves so much more, but that's definitely coming from a very personally invested perspective.
0: Yeah, you know, I I, I don't, I I know nothing and I I couldn't say if I did, but I, I, I do agree that it would be really nice if there was some way to sort of preserve all that stuff. Like, I mean, you can thankfully watch the story on YouTube at least, but you know, there's the work of all those excellent actors and stuff. Anyways, I, we're we're I'm veering off topic here, but they should we should st- we should stop canceling our mobile games, and when we do, we should find a way to preserve them.
1: Yeah, or let's maybe like invest in better mobile game um, like lifecycle planning, so that it's not just soulless money grabbing gacha that you know causes them to disappear when they don't perform well enough to these ridiculous standards
2: yeah i mean it's, it's too bad too like even when you have stuff like Trigalia, or you know for me you know mine mine for several years was record keeper mm-hmm. if there was just a way to like you know repackage them or re-release them like just in an offline format like just sell it like sell it as like a standalone thing even um i don't know but didn't they do that or aren't they doing that with with kingdom hearts they're keeping the kingdom hearts game around but as an offline mode like once it's done but i'm not sure exactly how they're doing that
1: Oh, the Kingdom Hearts Chi game?
2: Yeah, I mean, the one that keeps getting renamed, so I lose track of what it's called. Yeah.
1: I can't follow anymore.
2: Um, I thought they were planning on doing something like that. Like, so it it won't be online anymore. Like, that's, if it's possible, like, why not do it, you know? But yeah, I don't know. Music. Music. Steven, you presented a third track in this block.
0: I did present a third track. I almost forgot. Uh,. Yeah, so uh, if you've played Yakuza Like a Dragon, you probably remember this track. But uh, it's called Triplet After Triplet, which it plays in the fight. Can I can I can I talk about spoilers? Does anyone? Can we put a spoiler warning? Do you guys care if I spoil? You can at least Yakuza? talk
1: in vaguish terms, right?
0: Right. Yeah, I guess the problem is that a lot of my comments have are, are kind of deeply invested in a core spoiler to Like a Dragon. Oh. Um.
2: I mean, it doesn't bother me so much, even though I do intend on playing it at some point. But someone listening. But you have, I, you, you've like been warned now. But yeah.
0: yeah, you've been warned now. Yeah, maybe
1: come back come back in uh, two or three minutes if you don't yeah. want to hear spoilers <laughs> for Yakuza yeah. Like a Dragon.
0: Um, so it plays in the fight against Yosuke Tendo, who turns out to have murdered your biological father in Yakuza 7. And it, it he's a character that's sort of very heavily involved in the Yakuza power struggles that define the latter half of the story. And uh, in terms of the music itself, I, I actually have less to say beyond I just love the vibe uh, Yakuza yeah, 7 has this wild selection of, of songs and the battle themes in particular are just so pumping and exciting and like just make you, particularly like the main battle theme, it just makes you wanna go punch somebody in the face, but like in a fun way, not in like an angry aggressive way, uh, which is kind of the vibe of that game. Like, all, like a lot of the violence except when it doesn't, all, all the violence in that game is fun violence until it's serious violence. Um, and I really feel like this track captured the emotional moment it, so it plays in the penultimate final boss, um, and I, I just feel like it, it captured that moment of, like, this is the person who killed your father, which is, you know, very significant for Ichiban as a character. And, uh, you know, I, I, I actually have a lot of criticisms of Yakuza 7's story, uh, it being the only game in the series I've played besides part of Zero. And I think the clash with the main main villain falls pretty flat after this moment um, because there's so much emotional heft here that personally affects your character. And then it sort of feels like there's like switcheroos and gotchas and stuff that that turn it into turn the other character into the main villain. But I just it's such an evocative moment because like you, you're you in this giant tower and there's like lightning striking and your whole party is fighting this total dude who like I, if I recall, he rips his shirt off. But a lot of shirts get ripped <laughs> off in Yakuza. So. Uh, actually, you might also rip off your shirt. I can't remember. But, yeah,
1: that's just a Tuesday in the world of Yakuza.
0: Yeah, like for Ichiba and Costco, that's just that, that, it was Tuesday. Um,
2: <laughs> also for Derek. But I, I th- think that's also what Derek does on Tuesdays. Right. Yeah, of course.
0: Right. Tuesdays is casual Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, gosh, it's, it's so hard to like, I wish I had more to say musically about it. Um, but just that one of the things that I think Yakuza does well, the Yakuza 7 at least, I can't comment on the others, but is this sort of earnest emotion. And I think that shows in every facet of the story. And I I think even the the things I would criticize about the game aren't coming as a result of ineptitude or, uh, you know, some other, other thing. I think it's just that everything about those games is so earnest. And I really feel like that comes to a head in Like a Dragon. Like that game just desperately wants you to love its cast and i think it's successful with some of them and it wants you to really feel the emotions that in particular ichiban is feeling and so like this is just the perfect song for that because it's just like this super dramatic showdown and you know you're you're beating on the guy who beat your who killed your father and like uh it's just it's so cool well
3: well
1: that's what i think um ichiban Represents as a protagonist versus Kiryu. Like I know Kiryu is a very beloved character. I like him, too um, He's stoic, but he's emotional when it counts, but like Ichiban wears his heart on his sleeve and he like he couldn't hide his emotions if he tried right. And uh, that's what I find so endearing about him is he is so Incredibly earnest at all times um, And so, you know in this song I, I get that and also it, it, it <laughs> the reason why I like like a dragon in particular is it allows me to live out my escapist fantasy of being a hot dumbass who loves dragon quest like that's just
0: (laughs) is that escapism for you or just reality go
1: that's that's reality. reality. yeah uh, i love (laughs) all right wait you think i'm a dumbass oh wait no not that part
0: (laughs) (laughs) no lovable kind
1: right right yeah no i love Ichiban. um uh, I'll be I'll be the the soft dissenter and say that I don't love this song from a musical perspective. It's a little like dubstep wubby for me. I wouldn't listen to it in isolation but uh, I can understand the emotion that's packed into the song and I think it's fitting for what it uh, what it appears to or like for the purpose it serves I think it works yeah yeah, your song sucks Steven.
2: yeah no 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 I take that I, <laughs> I enjoy kidding. it I love I love how intense and energetic it is and you know now that now that uh... I think we're done talking about spoilers, uh, yeah. I'm gonna play the game at some point, uh, e- even though I just had the second to last boss spoiled for me, but that's okay. Um, I understand I understand why you had to, have had to say it though, because the context is important.
1: Yeah, I think Like a Dragon is, it's my favorite Yakuza game. I have actually never beaten a Yakuza game. The closest I've come was Like a Dragon. I think I've bought most of them uh, over the years. And Like a Dragon, I got to like the, I think the penultimate chapter before some i think there was a big difficulty spike and i ended up just kind of throwing in the towel but um man the turning yakuza into an rpg is the best decision they've ever made for that franchise it's so great yeah it's so fun
2: i'm glad they're keeping that going but also having other games in the old style because you know why not everyone wins then yeah everyone wins that's right that's true all right speaking of winning we have one more block that's a horrible segue we do you know
1: who else wins, Mike? Heroes. After Heroes, heroes have a heroic struggle. That's heroic true. Heroic struggle is the name of the track that I have selected for our third and final block today. This is a track from the uh, HD2 day remake of Live Alive, uh, the Super Famicom RPG that never made it out into English until now in 2022. Man, what a game. I absolutely love it this remake so much. And um, I have selected the battle theme from the Middle Ages chapter with the character Orsted. Um, I could have picked Megalomania because Megalomania is an unbelievably awesome track, um, but it is also kind of the signature track of Live Alive. And I think if you've, if you've ever heard music from the game, like that's the song that you've heard. So I thought I'd pick something a little bit different. And uh, this is probably on par with that for me as as my favorite battle theme from the game. What a track! Um, I hope that you enjoy it as well, Mike. You've also selected a track that plays during a battle.
2: I did. Um, I I want to say briefly. I'm I'm would have let you do Megalomania, but I admit that I'm glad you didn't. Um, only because you know we have we have this date. Actually, I'm not sure you know about this. Uh, w- we actually have a database of every song that's been on Rhythm Encounter. Um, because now that we have more and more songs, we try not to re- repeat if we can help it. And uh, mm-hmm. Live Alive has been on on the show. For four times and three of those were megalomania so um <laughs> it is a it's a fantastic well. song and this is a new version but like i'm glad we're getting something different here <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah Fair enough. um anyways yeah so after heroic struggle um i have in the balance from final fantasy 14 Endwalker. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep that's
0: exactly how the song no, goes no, that's- None of us have played that. Nope. Clearly.
2: Definitely not. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I'll talk about it after. So that's what I have, In the Balance. Uh, Steven, what is your final track today?
0: In the Balance is not my final track. I don't know why I started saying that. Uh, So I don't actually know the name of this track uh, because the Xenoblade 3 soundtrack has not come out yet. But this is uh, the main villains of the game, Mobius. Uh, We'll avoid spoilers. But this is uh, a battle theme that plays with uh, one of the Mobius members, and it is really cool. And I have things to say about it regarding the cool stuff they did with flutes. And it's time to listen to it. Ha! Segway.
2: <laughs> I love it. That's That was so smooth. Thank you. Yes. All right. Let's go listen to our final three songs. Let's battle, baby.
1: What a heroic struggle all three of those songs were uh, my track from live alive the hd remake i uh like i said i picked this song because i didn't want to do the usual megalomania which is an amazing song but i thought we could uh taste a little different flavor uh in this song the the synth harmony that goes underneath the the main sort of uh like the main progression of it wow that's what harmony is derek uh that's my favorite part The part that goes... Yeah, so see, this is me using professional music vocabulary. The part that goes do-do-do is my favorite. I love it. So you have so many battle themes in Live Alive. There's one for every protagonist of this game, of which there are eight. And all of those battle themes are clearly themed around that character or the area or the era where they take place. And then you get this song. This song is for the eighth chapter of the game and the eighth main character which you only unlock after doing the other seven first and what i like about this is that this chapter is themed after the middle ages and it's just sort of like a straightforward classic jrpg story you know with twists which i won't go into uh so you just kind of get like this full-on classic rpg battle theme here it's got a real sense of drama and moving forward and it's just what you would expect i guess from a story that takes place in this area and I like it for that reason because I think that it still has its own unique identity despite being sort of the most straightforward conceptually of all the battle themes in Live Alive.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with your assessments there. I think what I love about this song, I, I mean I mean, this whole soundtrack, it's so interesting that this was one of Shimomura's first because it's, I think it's like one of her best soundtracks ever um, and the arrangers yeah, did a brilliant job on this. This is this would have, to me, been an intimidating soundtrack to arrange, uh, because it's so beloved and because it's been talked up, even in the even in the West, where like people, not as many people have played the game. I think a lot of people, particularly as like retro stuff caught on in the YouTube era, would like hear this music and be like, "Wow, that game had such cool music." Um, and Shimomura is still very much f- present in game audio, so to me, I would have been like, "Oh, like how do I?" ensure that I am maintaining what is so great about these tracks. And that's actually what I love about this arrangement, is that I actually, I I love the original version of this song too. And it's, it's so interesting to hear it retouched like this, but still maintaining what I think was excellent about the Super NES track in particular like the you know that uh, I, it's 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 an earworm and I every time I hear it I'm like oh, I'm gonna be hearing that for the next month in my brain.
1: Yeah, I actually really like that in the arrangement they chose a different texture for that sound but it's still like it still has the same recognizable attributes of the original song but it it sounds um,
0: yeah it sounds retextured
1: in, in a way that I find very appealing and I like the arranged version better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess we should say it, too. Uh, the arranger is Noriyuki Kamikura. And uh, I, I, I agree with that assessment, too, because I think a lot of times you'll get, not a lot of times, but sometimes you'll have an arrangement of a classic song that has a particularly notable section, you know, like take, for example, the Final Fantasy VII main battle theme. You know, that boop A lot of songs try to do interesting things with that particular part of the song because it's so memorable. And some of them... This is my personal opinion. Some of them are awesome, like what Crisis Core does. And some of them are a little weaker, like what some of the more, I guess, creative arrangements will do, where they'll choose a texture for that part of the song that actually kind of robs it of of its impact. And I don't feel like the choice of how this was arranged did that, the original.
2: No, that's a good point. I mean, it. I, I'm like you, like the idea of... Not that i'm a musician or an arranger or anything but like i can't imagine like what it would be like arranging this and we were talking a little bit i think only off air but about the pixel remasters earlier but like to, to go in and like arrange something like that by these people these composers that you know i'm sure everyone arranging like is very familiar with their work and like have been listening to them for decades like that's got to be so intimidating uh so it's nice mm-hmm. it's nice when something like this comes up and it's like they, they did such a great job at doing it and Preserving that feel, but still delivering something different and, like, updated. It's very cool.
0: Definitely agreed. Oh, twin, gods bless this land.
2: (laughs) Fun fact, uh, watching this, uh, the the YouTube
1: video for this song uh, during our little listening break here, was the first time I've ever actually looked at the lyrics for In the Balance.
2: I actually never had either, yeah.
1: (laughs) Boy, does that evoke old ah to a T. Right. Yeah, that's so great. Very catchy song. Huge earworm. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. We don't always do this, but um, I actually already set up the some of the links for this show, and I put the lyric video. It's unoffic- like it's official lyrics, but it's not actually official video. Um, so we're 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 talking about the lyrics here, but check out the show notes, and we have that video linked in the show notes, uh, along with another uh, fun video about the song, which I recommend people watch. Um, yeah, there was pretty much no way that I wasn't gonna bring. Something from Endwalker, which technically is a twenty twenty one game, but the soundtrack came out in twenty twenty two, so there was no way I wasn't going to bring that on our Music of the Year episode. And then, of course, we're doing another special episode right after that, so uh, I'm doing it again because there's a lot of there's a <laughs> lot of songs, and I, I gotta I just gotta keep doing it. Yeah,
1: because so. this is your house and you make the rules.
2: It's true. It's true. If I really wanted to be cheeky on yeah. Music of the Year, I could have just done three Endwalker songs. But I also like talking about other games too so i just did the one um and then today we have in the balance which oh my god i love the song so much um i think anyone who's like even a little bit familiar with 14 or at least is up on the game like probably knows the song right now um you've maybe you've you've heard it in game or you've heard it online because i feel like it's just been really popular since it came out um uh if you don't know it's the it's the final battle song and the as of this recording, uh, the current twenty-four person alliance raid. Although by the time this comes out, there might actually be a second part out. Um, yes. Yeah. So, um, but like half the battles in in Aglia are like desert themed. Um, so like the the gods question mark. Uh, that you're fighting here, like, preside over the underworld and commerce and the sun and fire. I'm talking about, like, two of them interchangeably, because why not? But you know, that's half of this raid has that, like, flame and fire and desert, because all oh, duh, you know? And uh, the the instrumental choices here, uh, again, one of those videos in our show notes uh, will talk about the instrumental choices, and it's so good. Like, the that and the vocals and the lyrics we were talking about um, I obviously I talk about 14 on this podcast a lot and you know, it's a game just full of incredible music. So it, it's hard to like sit down and say like, hey, this this one song, this is the best song at this thing. Cause like, it's really hard to pick one of any thing. But for me, like at this point, especially like, I think I can say this confidently because I've listened to it so much and I still feel this way. But uh, I think of all of the Alliance music, the original Alliance music, this is my favorite that they've done Ever in the last like ten years, um, it's fantastic.
1: It's it's really good. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole raid for Aglaya has amazing music. I love the they reuse the motif. Gosh, I forget the name of the original song, but it plays when um, everybody comes back to the source in like the post Shadowbringer story, and then yep. Alice leaps off the ledge to go fight some kobolds or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that motif is incorporated into the the sort of main battle music in Aglaya. so good i also wanted to say uh the singer for this song uh her or their name i'm not sure of their pronouns is T T-E-A, uh who is a tokyo-based award-winning singer and songwriter and gosh they just knocked it out of the park oh yeah and what a cool unique
2: sound mm-hmm. I, I, I agree the only other raid music i put like is close to this for me is the the last one from the near series um but if 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 i can separate it by like original versus arrangement then it's still going to be this one at the top of my list. i'm with you. Yeah. Ugh. I just want to keep listening to it. Yeah. And of course, of course like at this point because we've we, it's been with us for like 6 months. I i cannot wait to see what they do musically with the next raid series too. So, very much looking Me forward to that. To
0: I agree. FF14 is great. They continue to be great and they are they they have not peaked every time it seems like they've peaked and then they're like nope we have more
1: yeah it's right. uh, the, every patch day for ff14 is a is a holiday for me
0: <laughs> yeah it's kind of like every six months now i mean i guess it's like every five it's six four four-ish yeah. yeah yeah you get a whole new final fantasy to enjoy again right yeah
1: it's nice right we're very spoiled mm-hmm.
0: speaking of being spoiled well we're not going to spoil anything from xenoblade because <laughs> okay, that is still very new <laughs>
1: Yeah, you want to talk about oh, a song from the most snub soundtrack at the Game Awards this year? Yeah, no most kidding, right? Snubbed.
2: We've been talking right, about that.
1: Look,
0: I as I'm sure Derek can appreciate this as a professional in the game industry. I would never impugn the work of anyone who worked on God of War because that is a giant game that people love, and like the music is cool, and like Bear McCreary is a good composer, yada yada yada. However, the Game Awards has a documented history of snubbing Japanese games, uh, sometimes. Uh, Japanese games not made by Hidetaka Miyazaki.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, non-Souls games. Yeah.
0: Which, don't get me wrong, Sekiro is incredible, and I won't get off on that because I'm not Rob, uh, so I'm not going to start talking about Sekiro now. Uh, but, point being, Xenoblade 3 got robbed at the Game Awards. I cannot believe that neither Elden Ring nor Xenoblade ran away with that award. All of the games in that category had cool music and are well-deserving of the recognition. Uh But just when you can be like, this soundtrack is 160 tracks, and they're incredible and memorable. And, you know, maybe, maybe the reason that it didn't win the award is because none of the people who gave, who voted, ever heard any of the other tracks. Because the only song you get to hear in the game is the Chain Attack Battle (laughs) Team. But I say that as somebody who loves Xenoblade 3. And this track is, uh, so we're going to avoid spoilers, but this is... um, this is the boss theme that plays when you fight a member of Mobius, who are the, who are the basically the the villains for much of the game. And uh, this is a particular member of Mobius. And uh, normally the bo- the boss theme has a different instrumentation, but this one uses a flute, which I just think is absolutely brilliant. Um, when you first hear this in the game, it's like oh my god, and it works so well with the story, um, and like. Because they've spent this whole game building up the importance of these flutes in in these pe- in the people's world, and like what the flutes represent and what the the music itself represents, and in also in because the game is so long and you spend so much time with the characters, you really get time to associate these themes with them. And so, uh, again, avoiding spoilers, the reason there's a flute in this boss theme is incredible in in part of the story. Um you know the 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 flutes are actually called the shinobue uh it's a japanese kind of flute it's a transverse flute made of bamboo and then they drill holes in it um and i mean it's been used for a long time and it's a very traditional instrument and so i there was a really cool interview uh that nintendo did um with the team and they talked about it um why they use these flutes um partially it was because they needed instruments that the characters could carry into battle and like believably use in battle uh because and i think they made a joke like you can't carry a double base into battle (laughs) i'm like well you could i've seen some jrpgs where you very much do that but i think for the the more serious tone of this game it's beautiful i just i i'm not going to turn this into a dunk on xenoblade 2 session i I notably do not like that game um partially because well well, i forgot i'm (laughs) i'm I'm in a safe place right now yeah it's okay right I have a lot of problems with Xenoblade Two. Not the music. The music in Xenoblade Two is unbelievably Agreed. good. Agreed. Um, I BM might even approach. think it's a, yeah. I might even think it's a better soundtrack overall than Xenoblade Three. But Agreed. tonally, uh After Xenoblade Two, which is very uh, like they're all anime, but Xenoblade Two has a particular flavor of like kind of bouncy, funny. My little mascot character made a maid robot anime, whereas Xenoblade Three is very somber. Um, it, it gets more back to the tone that I loved in Xenoblade 1. And I think it even goes further with that tone in terms of talking about like the value of life and death and what, what, it, what, what, what that's all about, right? And so having the flutes be such this beautiful moment, and this is not a spoiler, but for the, 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 the purpose that the flutes serve in the game world is that there are characters called offseers and every group in this world where people are endlessly at war Every group has their own offseer, and whenever someone dies, the offseer plays this beautiful song on their flute that is inspired by who they are as a person and their relationships with the people that have died. And so, as a mechanic in the game, when you find bodies, you can send them on with the flute, and you'll stop and play your little one of your two characters who are offseers will play their flute. And um, each of the two different characters has a different size of their flute, which is very interesting, and they're tuned to different scales. And that is reflected in the music of their theme songs. And the flute that's in this song is also reflected in, like, the particular flute used in this song is actually reflective of why there is a flute involved in the boss theme. And it, I just find that just, it's it's like galaxy brain level game direction and world design and music design. And I just, it's it's incredible. You should read the interview with, uh, it's uh, Tetsuya Takahashi and Genki Yokota and uh, I think possibly Mitsuda, who directed the music for the game, but it's just, it's so amazing when you get to this moment, and they, everything they've done builds that, and this isn't even the end of the game, it's not even, it's like maybe halfway through, uh, and it's, you have the, the, the different melodies for each, like Noah, one of the offseers, has his own melody, and Mio has her own melody, and this boss theme, Incorporates a melody in such a way that it's really telling telling you the story and adding to the emotional impact of it um, and I think as they've I, Nintendo I think did a video about this but they made the flutes they actually had a a craftsperson who like makes these kinds of Shinobue flutes make the flutes, like actual the actual models of the flutes that Noah and Mio use in the game mm-hmm. and use those to perform the oh my music.
2: God, I didn't know and, that.
0: Yeah. The, yeah,
1: they made they, custom flutes for this game. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: And they and you know the, the their actual their their art team worked on the designs of the flutes. So the real life flutes match the flutes that the characters use in the game. Uh I'm getting goosebumps talking yeah. about this. I just it's I love yeah. I love the incredible attention to musical detail that went into this. Um, And it it just it pays off like not every you you don't need to go make a flute that that's a flex. (laughs) But the people who made Xenoblade are allowed to flex everybody, you know, but like so it is not necessary for emotional impact to get those flutes. But when you think about whenever I listen to this song, I am forced to just think about the journey you go through in the game the musical journey of the soundtrack the effort they went to to create that specific moment because you you don't hear this battle more than this battle theme more than once you hear it just once in the game and just to think about you have this giant game full of custom like music like themes that are specific for certain moments and it's a giant soundtrack and all of that went into just creating this specific moment and i'm like oh okay that's why when i played it i got goosebumps for that couple of minutes yeah like ah oh, it was pretty cool and then the last thing I wanted to comment on, I don't want to steal everything from you guys, uh, is that Xenoblade was, comp- like all of the Xenoblade games, Xenoblade Three was composed by a team. Uh, I've, 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 I'm going to sound a little ranty here, but I think the industry, well, as a localization person, I know the industry has a problem with crediting, but I think there is this tendency in game audio, particularly with certain classic Japanese composers who are incredible, to attribute all of the genius work to them and then be like, oh, look at those other 25 names below them who also compose music. Oh, anyways, Mitsuda is a genius. Mitsuda is a musical genius. But this soundtrack was composed by a lot of people. Um, Ace, which is Jiko and Tomori Kudo. Kenji Hiramatsu is involved. Uh, Manami Kiyota. Uh, Mir- Miriam Abunasser. I'm going to pronounce that wrong. but And Mitsuda, of course. So, like, all of the contributions are incredibly important. Um, but I just... I. This is my soapbox, if I would for a minute. When you are out there listening to your favorite JRPG music, please, please, please try to pay attention, not just to the big name that was on the box. Yoko Shimomura is a brilliant composer. She is not the only composer on Final Fantasy XV. Masayoshi Soken is a genius. He's not the only composer on FF14. So just remember that a lot of people... and the, And those composers are great at... Like, to be clear, they are not trying to steal credit. That's not what we're talking about. I just think with how we... Corporate messaging works... We tend to, it's the same thing we do where we're like, oh yeah, the new Hideo Kojima game. And I'm like, well, him and 600 other people, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. You know, uh, TLDR auto theory is bad and it doesn't apply to video games. Everybody works on stuff. Uh, so soapbox over, step out.
2: <laughs> step out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like uh, even for like uh, indie games at like Kickstarter games, like it's really cool seeing like Mitsuda and Takuda and other people who will contribute like, if people had a certain stretch goal, there's so many indie games that were like, hey, you know, we got some music by this person. And, like, I think that's good for them. Like, it helps them promote their game. But I also, it also makes me a little sad if they start seeing headlines or whatever. It's like, you know, this little indie game is music by Mitsuda. I'm like, no, no. I'm like, he's doing one song. And that's cool yeah. that he's doing that with them. But, like, don't don't discount the other person who did the other 40. Um. Yeah, I think that's very important to to acknowledge that.
1: Yeah, I mean that happened specifically with um, I was I mentioned Tangle Deep earlier, and I'm pretty sure uh, Hiroki Kikuta did like two songs for it or something. Yeah, and and I want to say that's one of those games where I always see it touted as like, oh my god, Hiroki Kikuta soundtrack, just like Secret of Mana, and it's like, okay, well they did like two songs, and then there's, you know, how many others? Fifty.
0: 30. Well, and it's especially it's especially funny because Zircon Andrew Reversa made the game. <laughs> yeah. you know he's one of, he's the primary developer of the game and the primary musician. And you know, again, I don't think any I don't think there's any malice on the part of any of the people involved in doing I mean, this. No, it's marketing. Than, yeah, it's marketing. And you know, it's like if you, there are a billion games out there and it's hard to get noticed. So if you can say, "Hey, the Chrono Trigger guy did music for us," then people will be like, "Oh, okay," they'll click on, and then. You know, I think that could be a great thing because it could be like, oh, maybe they got interested in this t- Kickstarter project because Mitsuda was involved. And then they saw, oh, hey, this other guy is here. And then they become fans of that guy's music or that person's yep. music. does yep. not not necessarily a guy, um, you know. So I, 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 it's not like I, I don't understand the complexities of, of this reality. I just I think just remember next time you listen to an awesome song from Final Fantasy 14, it might not have been so Ken who wrote it <laughs> himself. He, yeah, pro- he, he he definitely had something to do with it because he's, you know, he's the, the sound lead on the game. But just remember, he has a team that he works with that he loves to work with. And we want more music from all of them, yep. particularly as games get bigger and soundtracks get bigger. It's like one person cannot do 200 songs.
2: Well, especially when he's working on 14 and 16 at the same time.
0: Yeah, seriously. Yeah. And convalescing, no less.
2: Yeah, that too.
0: Um, all I would really
1: add to this specific track that we listened to today is uh, <laughs> somebody wrote like an essay in the YouTube comments for this song, uh, for the just the one that I looked up online, uh, the channel Nintendo Melody. This uh, commenter uh, looks like Kirijio just mentions, it's um, th- very spoilery, but I would say if you're interested in some analysis, this, this person kind of hits the nail on the head. Um, it highlights a lot of Complex aspects of this section of story where the song plays, and that is all I will say. Um, They did a great job weaving the flute into this melody and making the flute not just an instrument choice, but also um, like a a meaningful element of of the music. Like the flute is there for a reason. Voice. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. The flute is a voice in the song.
0: Which is, uh, I'm so glad you pointed out that comment. I missed that, and I just read it. Uh, That ties into like what Eddie said about. the first track we listen to in that in that the choir i mean the choir is literally a voice in that but also it's it's serving us a, a purpose emotionally and narratively uh that i think is just super cool
1: play xenoblade 3. also you know we've got an expansion or a new story scenario of some kind coming before uh, the end of 2023 for that game if you've got the season pass, so really excited to see what new music might happen
0: uh, yes i'm hoping it's something big like torna me too uh because, like, I, I know Torna is really good and I need to play it at some point, but my distaste for Xenoblade 2 meant that I didn't play oh it. Oh my god, to Torna is so accounts, much better. Yeah, it seems like Torna might be what I wanted from Xenoblade 2, <laughs> so I'm like, I gotta play it. It was but what I, I, I really, Yeah, right, exactly. And, you know, I, again, I haven't finished Xenoblade 3 yet, I'm on the final chapter, so I don't know where it's going to end. Based on what they've introduced, I'm like what they've been introducing i'm like hmm what could this dlc be and yeah be what i want
1: it to be i'm very unsure of exactly how they'll frame a story expansion based on the ending of the game but i'm intrigued to see we're really feeling it i'm really feeling <laughs> it
0: i'm really feeling it No ah! sorry i played too much no, Smash. i mean
1: not enough Smash. Not enough. i'm coming over oh we should
2: uh, well i haven't played yet and there's nothing i could say that you didn't say better. You never played that. Smash? No, I haven't played <laughs> Xenoblade 3.
0: Featuring Samus from Super Nintendo? I know.
2: <laughs> yes,
0: Metroid, who can crawl. Metroid can crawl so well. So yeah, I mean.
2: yeah. Yes, she can.
0: Speaking of dating ourselves with memes. It's great for when you come down from above people and you can drop the bombs. And
1: can't <sighs> like Scotty below. D in Dance Dance Revolution 4th Mix. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway. Wow, wow. I'm going deep into DDR lore now. Mm
0: -hmm. it's not a cousin to sunny d i realize now
2: no Scotty d all right yeah hey there we are what are we at now wow two and a half hour recording jano is not gonna be happy with me um (laughs) but i i am happy with me and i'm happy with you guys uh this was this was such a great great episode it was fun to talk to you like in general it's fun to talk to you all the time but it's really cool to be able to talk to you about music in this format again it was like a lot of fun
1: yeah great to chat with both of you listeners i appreciate you indulging our our reminiscence i hope it wasn't too boring for you but i uh, just want to say thank you to everybody who has listened to all of the podcasts at rpg fan over the years whether random retro or rhythm um it really means a lot and your support especially in those early years when Stephen and i were were hosting podcasts here helped it, it helped a lot it, it made my days better it bolstered my self-esteem and everything that I did at RPG Fan sort of galvanized me and made me want to go out into the world and continue working in video games. So I'm very grateful that I can do that, and I'm very grateful for everybody's support along the way. So thanks for listening.
0: What more could I add to that? Ditto. I, I, not to sound <laughs> disingenuous, no. but I, that's how I feel as well. It's, it, I'm very glad to see that the show made it to 100. That's, that's amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad all the listeners are enjoying it. Um, I'm glad people still, you know, I, it's it's interesting because this is going to make me sound old, but whatever. When we started the podcast, uh, digital distribution for game music was like in its infancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like the thing that came before Louder. I can't even remember. Or was Louder the first thing. I literally can't even remember. Louder
2: was the first. Louder yeah. turned into... Well, nothing, I guess, but louder it was before Bandcamp.
0: Louder turned into everybody got bought by Spotify yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, it was like people on YouTube would share their covers, and it, that was that was like the avant-garde at the time. And now that's just a, 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 everyone does that, and I think that's great. You know, the the point I wanted to make is that when we started doing it, the whole point was to be part of appreciating game music because I think on an individual level, everyone did like lots of people did, not everyone. Um, I think people really did appreciate it individually, but there wasn't as much conversation about it. And I think with their continuing rise of social media, at least up till now where it might be crashing, who knows. Uh, and we'll say growth, maybe not rise. <laughs> growth, yeah, the continued growth. Early on, it was the rise of social media. We'll say,
1: and, we'll say infectious spread. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, the, the infectious <laughs> spread of social media to all aspects of our lives. No, it, it – it, I think – I feel like the show has accomplished its goal and not like it should go away or something, but like if I'm being reflective when we did it, it was a case of like, you couldn't just go anywhere and find a music podcast on RPG music. You know, like now there are YouTube channels and YouTubers who cover game audio all the time. I think some of the comments or some of the, the show notes for this, they'll talk about Alex McCullough covering uh, oh, yes. in the balance and, and like breaking it down. You know, you have there weren't videos like that before, you know, that, that, that was not a thing 10, 10 ish years ago. You know, it, it was a, a thing in a limited capacity. It did not have, you know, Alex couldn't have done that video and then chat with Soken on Twitter and then, you know, help run a community, you know, Mukala helped put together uh, that community Final Fantasy 14 tribute, right. That they, they sent to Soken and like Soken like got warm fuzzies from it. Like that amount of, community awareness of video game music was just not a thing uh, when we started it. And I do not think that we <laughs> encouraged that. I do not think we played a giant part in it, but I think we played a small part in being part of that forefront to moving into a greater appreciation for this stuff and to allowing the people who make this music to be a little more front and center. Like Not that they weren't front and center before. And again, I'm not saying we 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 did that, but I think having something where you can solely be focused to video game music and being like, here's, let's just listen to this song and talk about how cool it is. But, you know, I I think that's an awesome thing. And now it's super common. And I think that's exactly what we hoped for. So, you know, what more, you know, what more to say? I'm rambly, but
2: no, I mean, it's good. Like that was, that was kind of the more or less the mission statement. And, you know, like, like you said, like we're not rhythm encounter is not that big that we, we caused any of that, but you know, we were, we were part of that movement and part of, you know, we were adding to the voices so you know I'm, I'm glad so whatever part we may have played in that like that's exciting
0: yeah and you know speaking of dated things 10 years ago just like in arrested development mission accomplished actually i guess that's technically a bush thing but
2: so this is the last the show I...
0: is over mission accomplished goodbye everybody right. Arrested
1: development is the foundation upon which many an rpg fan podcasts are built
0: <laughs> and many of your localizations now too <laughs> <Yeah>. earlier <laughs> i don't care for Job.
2: i guess i can't uh I guess I can't talk about what's coming up next in the show because apparently this is our last episode. That's too bad.
0: Yeah. Okay, bye forever. Yeah. Bye forever, everybody. Bye forever.
2: Um, yeah. Um, so one thing we've been doing, uh, a newer thing we've been doing that I've tried to be consistent about is uh, at the end of the episode, I usually uh, just talk about, uh, again, because we like introducing new things, like introducing people to new songs and new albums. Uh, we've been talking about like, hey, you know, in this episode, like these were the, games or things that like made their debut like the first time on Rhythm Encounter and uh it's almost everything on here <laughs> uh N Walker N Walker's been on here before and surprise I think that's it uh I think everything else on here I'd have to I'd have to look almost everything else on here is like the first time on the show so this is a, a very a fun episode full of debut songs so so thank you right thank now. you guys for like such a, a diverse lineup of music here absolutely yeah that's the
0: best part. There's there's an infinite infinite variety of cool game music out there now.
1: Yeah. And, and just depending on what day you asked me to contribute to this, I would have picked three different songs. So <laughs>
0: Yep. Yep. If I if I was having a more corporate day, I would have been like, here's three Square Enix songs because Tactics Ogre and Live Alive and Final Fantasy all came out. But I was trying to be a little a little more niche, I said, picking Sega and nintendo
1: hey i was about to pick a song from a, a sega mega drive to japan only arrangement album <laughs> i mean that's oh, yeah, that been good
2: though maybe i'll convince you to maybe on episode 200 yeah, maybe i'll convince you to come back and you can do that still all right all right all right. yeah no i i like Stephen. i like when you were like you know i don't really think i'm gonna bring something from xenoblade 3 i'm like really Really? I'm glad you changed your mind on that.
0: Yeah, I thought about it and I was being stupid. (laughs) So I'm not going to be stupid. And I picked Xenoblade 3.
2: Um, Hey, speaking of Xeno, uh, actually, episode 101, uh, our next episode after this one is finally a music specifically about the Xeno series. If you can count as a series, whatever. Um, So any of them are up for grabs. We're going to have people from, you know, whether it's Xeno Gears, Saga, Blade, like all of those. So uh,
0: does that include Xeno Crisis?
2: Maybe. Sir, what are you saying?
0: I'm being annoying. It's a, it's a It's, a twin, it's an arena shooter. on Ah, Switch.
2: okay. No, not that one. Um, but if for some reason, someone wants to bring something from like a Xeno pied Piper, the, the mobile phone, oh name, um, <laughs> they're, they're allowed to, um, uh, so we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, that'll be in a couple of weeks. And after that, we're doing transport themes. So, you know, whatever people end up doing for that airship, you know, hovercrafts, whatever your vehicle, uh, transportation themes are i think that will be a fun one that somehow we've never done so yeah those are our next two episodes so uh look forward to that um i i can't say anything in particular yet but you know especially in my head i'm like you know that we've hit hundred like i want to do some new stuff with the show um, i don't know what that is yet um i have some thoughts maybe i want to try like maybe collaborating with some other video game music shows like you know coming up sometime this year uh, which may happen um it really depends on what they say because if i've write to these people and everyone's like, yeah, no, we don't want to talk to you, then that won't work. But I don't think that's the case. Uh, So we'll see. There's definitely some other uh, video game music shows I've been listening to lately. And uh, I think it'd be fun to try to talk to them and maybe, you know, hop on each other's shows. Uh, We'll see. Uh, I can't say for sure yet, but that would be fun. And, you know, I'm not sure what else yet. There'd be some other things I'd like to do. We haven't done a lot of interview episodes lately, so maybe get some people on here just to get some variety on the show a little bit. so you know no, no dates but that's those are the kind of things I'm looking at you know for the rest of this you know coming up this year on the show. so uh, you know whatever happens I like, look forward to that. Um, if you have ideas uh, for shows for topics uh, feedback on this, talk about how great Stephen and Derek are uh, be sure to email us at music at rpgfan.com. That's the best way to reach the show. Um, so uh, Stephen, how how would you like people to reach you? They have comments uh
0: well my twitter is private now because gamers are the worst uh so you cannot come to my twitter unless i know you uh sorry uh but i have had a few too many death threats yeah. this year uh due to localization which is a sane statement uh if you would like to chat with me uh you can try to message me through my official website sjmtaelus.com. there is a contact form there uh and that's about okay. it. <laughs> that's fair.
2: I mean, if, if you don't even want contact stuff, we don't have to. But Well,
0: uh, if people have questions, of course, I'm happy to talk questions if there's questions about localization yeah. and ways to get into the industry and sort of things like that. I, I'm always available for uh, not mentoring, but if you have questions about getting into localization, I'm, I am available for that. But unfortunately, because of the realities of communication in the online era, uh, I do not have a public Twitter and I may never have a public Twitter again. So... You can just contact me through my website. I,
2: I maybe you don't want to, you know, say this about yourself, but I'm pretty sure that does count as mentoring. So yeah, that that is what that is. So it's it's cool that you are willing to do that and help out people because you, you know believe it or not, you are experienced and you do know this stuff. So yes, I'm old. <laughs> it is true. Um, how about you, Derek? Uh, if you want feedback, how can people reach you?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm uh, in a similar boat. I've I've uh, since locked my Twitter and I've actually kind of stepped away from it. Uh, largely i haven't checked it in about a month and i'm hoping to keep it that way mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know i am on t- a twitter at embryon x that's e-m-b-r-y-o-n-x you're welcome to follow me and if i log in i can you know follow you back and we can chat otherwise um i have a portfolio Derek um you can contact me through there if i have the form up which i will have to double check uh but otherwise yeah reach out and say hey i Love to to hear from people who listen to, who uh, listen to the show. Excuse me, I'm very caffeinated, <laughs> and uh, it's always nice to get feedback. I hope you've enjoyed it, and um, just the fact that anybody would care to reach out is uh, an honor. So
2: thanks, everybody. Also, if you need help with your your website or your form, I bet you can ask uh, the person who helps Stephen with his website. He might help you out. Yeah,
1: he's she's pretty cool, good looker too. Damn. Is
2: he? Hmm. Yeah.
0: And doesn't and doesn't afraid of anything. Now yeah,
1: my portfolio is kind of kind of. Sh- but
2: (laughs) i know a guy it turns out you do know a guy you know lots of guys i do what are you trying to say about my private life i well we'll talk about that later
1: (laughs) (laughs) you're right it's whatever you're going to say you're
2: right (laughs) um all right so uh one other thing of course i have to plug our other our other shows and everything else but rpg fan uh so you know if you enjoyed this make sure you check out our other podcast we have random encounter that uh posts every every other monday uh opposite rhythm encounter so recently i don't remember the exact date but i know we have our like end of the year uh you know year in review thing uh for random encounters so that'll be up around now i'm sure it's up by the time you listen to this uh retro encounter of course has just been doing all kinds of stuff our uh, retro encounter just posted their year in review last week um around the time that this goes up, there'll also be a <laughs> RPG fans guide to style. I have no idea how they're doing a fashion show episode um, on an audio podcast. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So that should be pretty interesting. So yeah, be sure to check out Random Encounter and Retro Encounter. Uh, check RPG Fan out on social media, um, all the social media platforms that are still around as of this recording. You can generally find us wherever at RPGFan.com as our username. Um, we're also on Twitch. We have a discord, you know, join our discord chat with us there. And, uh, yeah, a lot of ways you can reach out and follow our content. And there you go. Um, if you enjoyed the show, like, you know, we'd appreciate if you could listen or follow or subscribe or whatever you do on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, wherever it is you listen. Uh, that means a lot to us and, you know, helps us reach more people and, you know, continue spreading the word of video game music. So, um, Yeah, that's it. Uh, Like I said earlier, we're not doing a bonus episode just because we already had bonus episode. We're not doing a bonus song on this one because we already had nine tracks. Uh, This was a lot of music and a ton of talking. So uh, I think the bonus was just Steven and Derek being here at all. So uh, what more do you need?
1: Okay, but if you did have a bonus, it should be Cassiopeia's theme from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Oh, okay. Just saying. Is that what you want to do? That's me formally uh, putting my suggestion cool. forward. All
2: right. So our bonus track today that we're suddenly closing out with is Cassiopeia's theme from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Thanks, Derek. You're so welcome.
1: Um, Happy to yeah, help. Yeah, I didn't know. My opinions are not affiliated with the Pokemon company, TM.
2: <laughs> I, I didn't actually know you were going to do that. This actually is a legitimate surprise. So I have not listened and can't comment. But uh, yeah, let's close out with that.
0: And as the music starts coming in to fade us out and stop us talking, may I say to each of our careers in the circus. Honk, honk. Yes.
2: Sure. All right. Uh thank you all for being here. Or thank you both for being here. Thank you everyone for listening. This was a fantastic time. So uh want we'll to do it again one day. So
1: we will. All right. Thanks for listening everybody. All right. May all of your encounters be rhythmic and not random unless you like that.
2: <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Thanks. We're going to close out with Cassiopeia's theme from Pokémon Scarlet and Violet. Bye.
1: Sorry about that. I'm, I'm just sitting here like I'm very caffeinated and excitable right now. So I'm just sitting here like, uh-huh. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Like, no, maybe I should listen to the music.
0: Let's do it. It's, it's on. It's been on. It's on. It's been on.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I'm listening now.